Yo, what's up, everybody? Got the legend BJ Daniels on. Appreciate you joining me. But before we get into any introductions and shoot the shit, have a conversation, is kick always kick things off with a wild, funny story. BJ, what do you have for everybody? Uh, I don't know how wild it is. I just thought it was always very funny. Yeah. Um, you know, in 2009, uh, you know, I was at the University of South Florida and I played. Uh, we were getting ready for a game and uh, we have this. Uh, kicker on our team named Delbert Alvarado and he was uh more of like our team kind of like chaplain like he was very upstanding guy you know yeah. a lot of respect for him somebody we always wanted to you know we respected so he would always do like praying before the games uh get everybody in the in the in the, in the uh shower stalls and huddle up you know with our uniforms on yeah he would pray for us and um you know he would do that he would do it after the game when it was over he would lead the prayer and um you know, just one game that he was uh, struggling a little bit. And uh, <laughs> I remember uh, we ended up, uh, you know, Delver, Delver, you know, you know, as, as what we do, win or yeah. lose. And uh, Coach Levitt, Jim Levitt, uh, you know, he, he kind of put his hand in the air and he's like, Delbert, hold on, wait a minute. And uh, we all looked at, at, at uh, our coach and we were like, what's going on? He said, if, 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 Praying, you're gonna be for the Lord. You gotta make kicks, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> kind of like looked at each other. And some people laughed, and it was just the most awkward environment in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just lost. <laughs> he he made he told Delver like, look, you're praying a lot, but you, are you praying to make kicks too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a uh, something I'll never forget. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, cool, man. Yeah, let's dive in. Is I know, like I said uh, before, we jumped on is you know, just kind of following you and kind of keeping up with your journey as I've recently here a little bit is saw you had like either a book out or book coming out, I guess. Tell us a little bit about that. And yeah, let's just dive into the weeds of, of like how that came about, what the book's about and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of what were your inspiration was, what pulled you to write that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think about three or four years ago, I told myself, I want to, I want to write a book. Um, you know, I like talking to kids. I like motivating them and, uh, and the way I do that is I just I'm just honest. I tell them my my story, you yeah. know, the things I struggle with, the things I went through, um, you know, how to overcome. And because when people first meet me, they always talk about, you know, we beat Florida State as a freshman or, you know, you won the Super Bowl, you play in the NFL. And it wasn't it, it didn't just go like that. You right. Know, this this road was up and down. And um, I think three years ago, I, I said I wanted to do it, um, never really sat down and had the time to do it. Uh, but, you know, I, I ended up signing with this company called Trigger Hub, um, which is a mental health publishing company. And I met this this guy named Adam Shaw about a year ago. And, uh, you know, ever since then, man, I, it's been a blessing for him to come into my life, for me to have the opportunity to platform and um, to really just share my story and, and really, you know, I think now I was at, now I'm actually ready for a book. Yeah. I think before it wouldn't have been uh, as dynamic as it is now. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's go down that. I'm always interested. One of the things like I'm super fascinated with is like, as people get into coaching mentorship, um, you know, motivating, whether it's kids or, you know, college athletes or professional athletes, right. because when people talk about their backstory, was your backstory more along the lines of, like pain or pleasure. And what I mean by that is like when I was a college athlete, like now working with college teams is like, I experienced so much pain as a college athlete of, of like sadness, loneliness, confusion, depression. It's like, I never want those kids to feel that way again. So it's like, that was Absolutely. my, that's what pulled me towards that versus some people it's more of a pleasure. They had a fantastic experience. Right. And it's like, I want to, I want to show everybody that they can feel like I felt too. And so it's like right. one way is not right or wrong. So I'm curious of like, I, I guess, give us a little, um, give us a little sneak peek, so to speak, or just tell us kind of your backstory of like, was it more on the pain or the pleasure side and kind of like, you know, like how you utilize that to, to motivate kids, motivate your athletes now. To be honest with you, like there's been a lot of self accountability in this, in this book and reflection. Um, for me, uh, you know, I can say no one moment of my life or level that I've been on as an athlete was always roses and right. just the most beautiful experience I can ever say. 
Um, you know, but through each one of those levels, you know, I was able to uh, push through and fight and continue to, to move forward, uh, regardless of what my situation or circumstance was, because I just never was the guy that you could tell no to. Um, right. You know, you could not just say something to me and I just go with it. You know, if you tell me the stove is hot, I'm still going to touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to know how hot that stove is, you know. So, I mean, for me, I grew up in a dorm room um, on Florida State's football camp, on the campus of Florida State. I grew up watching Charlie Ward and Derek Brooks. So, and when I say dorm room, people kind of get, they they skim over it pretty fast. No, I, I literally, until I was six, um, grew up on the first floor of a dorm dormitorium called Smith Hall. There were 20 floors above me, which was all college students. Every Saturday, I would hear the Doak Campbell Stadium where Florida State played and Charlie Ward and Derrick Brooks. I would hear them every weekend. And I wanted to be like those guys, yeah. um, you know, so, um, you know, my earliest memory of just trying to of of doing it my way was when I had a very small fire truck and my parents, uh, I'm seeing all these college kids fly around on skateboards and uh, my parents wouldn't buy me a, a skateboard. So essentially on the top of the hill in front of our house, I put the fire truck down and I stood on top of the fire truck. <laughs> <laughs> my entire face you know yeah but, um you know from there it's all that that's where it started for me and it's always been uh you know you're too short you're not good enough we don't you know there's been colleges that said we don't want you to play quarterback you can't play quarterback you won't make it to the next level or the nfl and um those things have always motivated me uh to succeed and to and to to make it so uh, per se you know but at the end of the day um, you know, my whole story and backdrop of this book is really to talk about all those those moments where um, I hit a wall and or I, I, I ran into I had to be resilient um, and to, just to get to where I wanted to get to. Um, you know, so in the book, you know, I mentioned things of, you know, I've had family diagnosed with cancer and died. I've had my little sister diagnosed with cancer. I've been held down at gunpoint. Um you know, uh, you know, there are things that have happened along the way, um, mistreated or or unfairly or whatever. But um, I still wanted to accomplish these things. And I did not know that all of the things that I've accumulated or accomplished, it wasn't for me. It's right. for me to take those experiences and then use them to help someone else. So my dream did not fully come into flourishing, but I experienced some things that will help other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel like actually let me ask you this first is because you mentioned the book actually, you know, being a part of like a mental health publishing company, was that yeah. like was that an accident? Was that intended? Did you intend the book to like be directed because I'm assuming that's what the book is kind of directed more towards is um probably more towards that than like the personal development side so to speak. Yeah. Um and so yeah, like what I guess like what kind of pulled you more into that direction than, you know, just a generic personal development growth style book? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, um, you know, one thing we always joke about as athletes is everybody has a story. Everybody, right, right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, but the thing I think for me is, you know, with everyone having a story, how vulnerable and how honest and how real can we all be about our experiences? And that's something that's not, it's, it's rare. Um, and, and I'm finding that I don't have any type of bitterness, which a lot of athletes have. I don't have any type of negativity towards any particular coach. Um, I don't, you know, hate an organization. Right. Um, you know, I'm in a space where my reflective stage is allowing me to be honest and say, maybe I didn't study the players as hard as I should have. Mm. You know, maybe I didn't wake up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. or I didn't understand quite what hard work meant or what it was. Um, along with dealing with what life presents you, you know, how am I handling those things mentally? Because one thing I've said many a times before is that we go through all these things in life, but then we're also faced with how do we perform in practice? And we're still thinking about or dealing with these things or how do we handle after practice when we could be getting treatment or watching film and doing all these things, but we're still dealing with what's going on at home or what's going on going on in my head or what's going on in this in, in my relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are still got the balance along with being a superhero. 
you know, so it's like, you know, I think for me, um, I'm just now vulnerable enough to talk about what I've experienced and how I felt in each moment. Right. Um, because if I tell you I dreamed about playing for Florida State um, and they told me I was too short, no, we don't want you. Tell you very easily that when we went to Tallahassee to play against Florida State, I could be a nervous wreck mentally because I want to prove something to them. Yeah. I want them to feel the pain of not, you know, recruiting me and anger and all that kind of stuff. Well, I didn't have that. I was pretty much at peace, um, which is a, is rare. Totally. But at the same time, you know, let's fa let's say a couple weeks after, you know, I throw four interceptions on national TV against Rutgers. So I went from the kid, most popular kid on campus as a freshman to, you know, this kid's on national TV throwing picks. I don't even want to walk in the cafeteria to go eat. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so like there's there's things I think that need to be talked about, especially on the family side of things and life, because, I mean, we all know athletics doesn't last that long. So right. how do we manage and move forward with the traumas and the things we face? Because it will trickle over into our relationships. Yeah. You know, I remember having a girlfriend and if, I had a bad day in football, then me and her had a bad day. You know, it's just, you know, how that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, too, is, I guess two parts is, do you find in still being around, um, you know, athletics and sports and athletes in general, do you find that there's still that bitterness? I, I, I totally agree. And I think it's, I think it's real prevalent in football, especially, too, is, mm -hmm. you know, especially college of, oh, my coach, you know, Right. They, they didn't like me. Right. <laughs> like whatever, whatever the thing is. And, and then even at the professional level, too, is and I, I love that what you said, I guess, two part question is one, do you still see that that bitterness or that anger or that fresh or resentment is probably a good word, too. Um, and then B is I love what you said and I love you to touch on is. You know, you took a step back and I just call it like the window versus the mirror. Instead of looking out the window and pointing the finger at everybody, it's like I got to hold up the mirror first and be like, OK, like, was I actually as committed as I say I am? Because I think most people assume they're like, are you a hard worker? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, OK, but like compared to who or compared right. to what, you know, it's like how hard of a worker you are. That's the real question. It's not are you or aren't you? It's not like this um absolute it's not black and white in the sense of it's just two ends of the spectrum there's there's a gray scale in there too Absolutely. of like on a scale of one to ten are you a four or are you a six um right. so yeah i'm curious is do you still see that resentment that bitterness and then you know what allowed you to take a step back and really measure um you know maybe i was a seven when i thought i was a 10 in terms of commitment like when i was an athlete yeah um i think growing up everyone has as a young child, you know, whatever sport or ball or bat or whatever was placed into your hands, whatever you fell in love with, whoever you wanted to emulate, become or be or watch on TV, like you have those hopes and dreams of being exactly that. Right. Um, and a lot of us don't know necessarily what it takes to get to be that. Yeah. You know, so we want to be it, but we don't know what it takes to get there frame of reference sometimes is a small town. Sometimes it's our parents are. Um, so we're just trying to figure it out by leaning on any type of anything that we can, a coach in high school or a coach mm -hmm. in middle school or a mentor or uncle or a friend. Um, but do they really know as well? You know, have, are they the guys or the, or the men and have, you know, made it to the peak and know, here's the blueprint. Here's how yeah. you do it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a guessing game. It also is, you know, so when you talk about resentment, um, you know, I can tell you, I see it all the time, um, all the time. And it always starts off, like you said, oh, that coach, what did that coach do? You know, did that coach discourage you? Okay. Well, that's on you. He discouraged you. He stopped you from, mm. uh, doing what you want to do in that fire and desire um, you know, I've run into coaches who I felt like didn't like me. Right. Okay. Well, I've had to figure out a way to either a make them like me or B make them respect me. Mm -hmm. Um, if they never, if we didn't correlate in a personality way, um, also made sure that I was, uh, his best player because I was the fastest or quickest, but I was going to be on time. I was going to be there before everybody. I was going to stay after everybody left. Um, if I had a coach that 
always asked me tough questions. And I always felt like he was embarrassing me in front of other people. Okay, I take offense to that or I go home and I'd say, you know what, I'm going to study. So next time he asks me a question, yeah. we'll answer. And however deep he wants to go in this, oh uh, man, I got him. I got him with the first answer, but I didn't get him with the second answer. Yeah. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep working. And yet in turn, what does that do? That makes me a smarter player. Yeah. You know. So, um, and at the end of the day, uh, I've always that. You know, people talk about opportunities. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can still have that and not get a chance. Okay. Well, I've always uh, felt. Like I had this fire within me that I would mentally, mentally only threaten a coach. Yeah. And that that is you better not play me. Cause if you play me, I'm gonna do something. Yeah. I'm gonna do something because you've pushed me to the limit that I mentally know what I'm talking about and I know the game. I physically have done everything I'm supposed to do on time and what I'm supposed to be. You play me, you're gonna cause yourself some trouble. Right. Okay. Cause I out here and perform and I might perform better than the person you like. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So, you know, so that was always like my my fire and passion behind it. Um, you know, so I'll never, never blame a coach. I will never I will tell you which ones I like and which ones I don't, but I will never <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. won't blame I won't blame them. Um, you know, and and about working hard, I say this uh, you know, really quickly. Um I found out in the NFL by being around other professionals, what hard work was. Mm-hmm. If I would have learned or gotten that blueprint earlier on in my career, who knows where I would have been, but I didn't have those necessarily models in front of me to yeah. show me what hard work really looks like. Yeah. You know, to, you know so, you know, I, I think about the Kobe Bryant uh, when they were in the USA, you know, basketball uh, documentary when LeBron and uh, what was it, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo all had a choice to make. And they looked at Carmelo didn't do it, but LeBron did, Dwayne Wade did, and that was their model. And I think that's what helps them be successful now. But you also talking about LeBron being a high school kid. Who else was working or had his ability? Right, right, right. You know, it wasn't until he got there that I think he really transformed into it. Always a great player, but where he is now, I mean, I mean, he still works hard. He still yeah. does, you know. So, so yeah, they they've had good examples. And I think too is go like using that documentary as like a reference to is I remember him saying to something along the lines of of like we thought we understood Kobe, right? Like we thought we knew like how hard he worked, and then they were like. Yeah. Then we saw it in person. It was like, <laughs> holy shit, right? Yeah. Like there was this like, whoa, all right, this is a whole yeah. different level. And I think it goes back to kind of like the how hard or how committed actually are you? You do have to find somebody to be around that you, like you mm-hmm. think you know, but like when you really get there, like and experience it in person, it's like, dude, like it's 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 a whole different stratosphere um, of yeah. like understanding mm-hmm. things, of like putting yourself in the environment, right? And I think that's where a lot of people confuse is like they think they know, right? right. Like <laughs> well, it's it's it goes back to the 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 human being side of of whether you're talking about a college athlete or a professional athlete is people want to assume mm-hmm. people want to assume that they know how they would act in those situations, right? I've been around right. people with yeah. tens of millions of dollars and people have told me like they're watch them rent a private jet, right? Or whatever, right? And they're just like, well, that's dumb. They blow I'm like, but like, have you ever had $50 million in the bank account? Because I don't think you have, right? Like you don't, you can't say what you would do because your bank account says like 10 grand. There says like 10 million. That is two different worlds. So to try to say that you would know, um, yeah, Yeah. it's, 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 it's a different, it's a different world and it's tough to get people. And even college, like you said, it's like, one week you're somebody's best friend. And then like, just because you don't play as well. And it's like, I literally had that conversation with the team as freshmen coming in and they're like starting to perform at a high level. I'm like, the the status is going to be great. But remember like the four people that were around you when you had nothing, because they're going to be, because when the status drops and it probably will at some point, it's like, you're going to need those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your own point. Your own point. <laughs> did you did you experience that as well from college to pro? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I got way more followers. I got more DMs and girls talking to me. I got a whole bunch of stuff from college to NFL. But it's it's so funny that you know, um, for me, you know, four year starter at USF, and then dreams all goal, dreams and goals, aspirations, breaking up every every record here. I uh, went to the NFL. Okay, well, my senior year, you know, I got all this attention and I break my ankle. Um, so I broke my ankle the and missed the last three games of my senior season. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, breaking my ankle put me in a position where I'm crying and I'm like, from the age of six to 23, I have this goal, these dreams. And right before I get to the doorstep, Right when I'm right right there, ready to pull the knob and open the door and walk to that next level, I break my ankle, and I'm like, okay, well, my dreams and goals are done. Yeah, you know, there is no NFL, there is no next level. That football will not be a part of my future, um, and that happens for everybody. It's just a matter of when it happens, um, you know. And um, I, I remember, you know, kind of just laying in my uh, apartment, you know, with a broken foot. And uh, not getting invited to any type of senior bowl or or the combine or anything like that, and I'm like, "Well, this is it," you know. Yeah. And I so it went from all these people to three or four people, yeah, to you know, girlfriend struggles, yeah, you know, to family, and and then then uh then I get drafted next April. <laughs> Everybody's back. Everybody's back <laughs> and some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You know, yeah. You know, and it's it's crazy how that, that stuff happens. Um, it really is. And it's easy to get sucked into because we all like status. I mean, that's just human nature, right? Like we yeah. like as a human being, we love to feel loved. Like it just is. And so yeah. it's hard to like keep those, even those that you know shouldn't be as close to you as they are to keep them at a distance because it's like we're naturally and I just I believe most people are naturally like inherently good people too. And so it's hard for like, like most of us at some level are kind of like people pleasers, so to speak. And so it's, it's hard for us to say no. It's like, dude, you've known that guy for like three weeks. Like, why are you, why, why would you give him money? And it's like, but like they're a good person. Right. It's like, I think we're a lot of times wired to just give our shirts, shirts off our back without ever having to question or think about it. Um, One of the words you used in the video is like calling, right? And so I think after sports, so to speak, or when you kind of knew like, you know, football was winding down is, you know, what do you, what did you at that time, like feel like your calling was like post-athletics and like, has that developed into like new things and new roles and, you know, yeah, I guess kind of what you got going on now. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll date back to 2020, you know, the, the dreaded COVID year um, that everybody wants to forget. Yeah. Uh, you know, I um, so 2020 um, is when things for me kind of were shifting and I could feel it. Um, and I was starting to kind of just. Remove myself just from the game and do what I could do to help people. Mm, yeah. Um, so. Um, 2020, I played for the, in the XFL and I was the backup quarterback to a a gentleman named Brandon Silvers, uh, Brandon Silvers. Um, they drafted him first. This, this, this gentleman just graduated from Troy university. So he had never played in the NFL, never had any type of experience that I had. And I had already been to three Super Bowls. I had played in the NFL for six years already. I, Backed up Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson. I played in games. I did all, you know, all this stuff, but I was his backup. Yeah. Um, so I had the opportunity to, um, A, be cocky, arrogant, conceited, and upset about it because that's what my life has consisted of, of getting to a point where I feel like I'm accomplished and then I lose myself. All right. And then I get knocked down. God will knock me down again. And I have to start that's over again. So I believe in 2020, I was being tested. Okay. You've accomplished all this, but you're the backup. Okay. So do I sit here and help Brandon? Do I encourage Brandon? Do I hate on Brandon? Mm -hmm. Do I complain? 
or what kind of example am I going to give be for Brandon and the rest of the team? Keep in mind, in 2020, I was 30 years old. Everyone else was 24, 25, 26. So there's an age gap, too. Some of these guys had never played professional sports. The XFL was their first opportunity post-college. So I'm in Seattle, and uh, once again, that the team I played for was was the Seattle Dragons. So not only that, I'm back in Seattle yeah, where yeah, everybody yeah. loved me. I was a Seahawk. <laughs> you know, you know, I was I got a Super Bowl ring with the, with this city, this yeah. state of Washington. We're playing in the same stadium that I already played in. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> you know, and. You know, so I took that moments and I said, you know what? I'm going to start a Bible study class for some of these players. Mm. I'm going to talk about financial literacy and, and what the NFL checks really look like and what you're really taking home and what you're not. Um, I'm going to show them what hard work looks like. I'm going to get up and make sure I'm in the weight room at 5 a.m. every morning and then go to practice. And then when practice is over, I'm going to work out uh, again, maybe, or take care of my body. So I'm gonna take this opportunity to show and help and encourage other people. Yeah. Um, now keep this in mind. I never started at quarterback in the NFL. Ever. I didn't start in front of Russell. I didn't start in front of Kaepernick. I didn't start in front of Matt Ryan. I played in the NFL. Right. I was on the teams. I switched positions. I ran down on kickoff. I have punt returns. I have receiving yards. But quarterback was what my dream always was. So with all that being said, I was testing me to see what type of man or person that I would be. And I did the best I could in all those categories. Yeah. Um, with that being said, Brandon Silver, is, they, he ended up uh, getting benched one I, and then enters BJ Daniels. So I go in at ha after halftime and I, I ball out and have a, have a great game. Now we end up losing. But we were we were already losing by 20 points before I even got in. Yeah. But the very next week, EJ Daniels is starting professionally at quarterback. So dream is coming. My dream at the age of 30 is becoming a reality. All right. Um very next week, COVID. The whole league oh. shuts down. <laughs> the whole league shuts down. And what was so cool about it is I got the opportunity to open a book and close it the right way. Yeah. And what I mean by that is my dreams and goals and aspirations were to go to the NFL. Sure. But it was really to start, to start as yeah. a professional. And I got to do that. Now, one thing selfishly that our flesh always seems to kind of want is more more, yep. more and more. You know, if you, if you make the team, you want to play on the team. Start. If you start, you will want to throw a touchdown. If you throw a touchdown, you want to break records. Yeah. Break records, you want to win championships. It just yeah. you get it this year, you got to do it next year. Yeah. So for me, it was like I only had one opportunity to ever start. And little did I know that's all I needed. Yeah. So I'm that encouraged me so much more to continue to move forward and help people. And that's when things kind of shifted for me. So 2020 was a lot for a lot of people, but uh it definitely was a reflection of self-growth into where I am now as I went from the XFL 2020 to being the head coach of a high school that I went to. Um, so I'm washing uniforms at two o'clock in the morning on a Friday night, you know, while everybody else is out having fun and partying, I'm trying to make sure these stains come out of these uniforms. So, so we are, we can wear them again next week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, so from there, so just serving people and giving uh, from that, uh, the head coach he, uh, here, his name is Jeff Scott. Um, he hired me here uh, to be a quarterback analyst. Um, from there, I've uh, now I'm actually raising money for USF. So I'm the assistant director and alumni engagement. So that big title means I raise money for, for USF athletics. We're, we're building a $25 million stadium uh, now. So I'm raising money for that. Um, community engagement, getting our student athletes out in the community with jobs, um, internships, uh, networking, and things like that. And then uh, the last part, the alumni engagement part, is I'm yeah. over our uh, Alumni Athletic Association. So making sure guys still come back, men and women, all sports, come back, still feel comfortable, not have that bitter taste in their mouth about a coach and just understands that they love the university. Yeah. Um, you know, so just, just trying to 
serve and give and help as much as I can. I love it, man. I love it. So how I'm curious too is do a lot of the, I say a lot, do any, I guess really, uh, like the players there now reach out to you kind of like as like a side resource of whether it just be picking your brain or like a conversation or like I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z or like, Hey, I need to talk to coach. And like, how do I have this conversation? Cause I want to go in there and be like F you. And like, I know yeah. that's not appropriate, <laughs> right? Like, can you help me like yeah. language this out? Um, yeah. Because I feel like that's like, I feel like that's like, you have like a ton of value to be able to like, and I don't know, just like get the vibe too. It's like, that's what, that's what like juices you up a little bit too, in terms of like just helping, I don't know, I call it mentoring, right? Like essentially just like guiding people, being the tour guide for them in their two, three, four years of like why they're there at USF. I mean, like literally on the other side I mean, of, of my office, I have two, two chairs and uh, I'm also a therapist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing to think, you know, all of what we've experienced in college, they're like that on steroids. I mean, yeah. it's times 10. I mean, yeah. I didn't, you know, you talk about social media and the fact that a kid is not just nervous to play well and nervous because he's on TV. He doesn't want to become the next meme. Like that doesn't even make sense to me. Right. So, um, like there's a lot of things these these athletes are going through. And um, the, the part about me being back here is my frame of reference is I can point and say, that's where my girlfriend broke up. Where I, that's where a coach yelled at me. This is where I, you know, I can, I'm, I'm in the same building, I'm yeah. in the same locker room. I'm in the same everything that uh, this university has provided for me. I'm in the same, I know the same people, some of our athletic staff, same, our head head trainers. Like, um, so I, I have equity in this university to the point where, um, you know, it's not like I'm starting a new job at, you know, West Virginia. If I go to West Virginia, they're not going to, respect right. me or or as much as they do here totally, um, totally. So. yeah so um i guess two parts is what do you like what do you see as athletes today's like biggest hurdle i.e kind of like what is like the primary thing they come to you about like just picking your brain and like getting guidance on um yeah what do you feel like that's the where you feel like that's the, or, or I guess like, what's the gap that most of the athletes are struggling like with today? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, you still got the same issues. You still got girlfriend problems. You still have, you know, performance issues to have coaching coaches, relationship issues, um, communicating, yeah, um, taking on, taking ownership. You know, you still have all those issues, but uh, one thing is really interesting today is NIL. You know, yeah. name, image, and likeness, you know. Um, a lot of these kids see all these huge numbers that some of these athletes are making, and that's some. That's not all. Um, on top of that, a lot of these kids don't know how to market themselves. Right. You know, so how is it that you want NIL money and you, uh, want to, you know, you want to represent these companies or vice versa, but you're not presenting yourself in a way that will allow them to even build a relationship with you, you know? So it's, it's quite interesting, um, you know, because you, you have a, and then the, the, the dynamic of you have a freshman that's coming in, you have someone who's already started. Do you give the starter more money or do you give the freshman that hasn't proved himself yet? Like right. there's a balance that's real weird um, that I think needs to be regulated um, yeah. in, in ways. Um, and at the same time, you know, I've been totally against you got, I, I love the NIL part. I just think there needs to be rules. Too. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you pair NIL with no rules with the transfer portal, I mean, at this point, you know, kids can be free agents every single year. Right. And just go after money. So yeah. when do you get your education? When do you, um, because you can try to get all this money, but without some sort of education, that money's going to run out because you don't have the education, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's literally, yeah. I mean, I always say my big thing is like, you have to be the person first. I always say like my big, like, I guess saying like, if I had to sum it up into like, if I'm like presenting myself to, to a coach and like, like, what do you, like, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, you don't get what you want. You get who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a lot of times, first thing I do, like going in with a team, I'm like, 
60 seconds, write down everything that you want. Right. And, it's like, and then I'm like, crumble that piece of paper up and throw it on the floor because like, you're not going to get that unless you become the person, i.e. like, Absolutely. you know, you, you don't, you don't get the million dollars, then become a millionaire. That's how you wind up broke. Right. Like right. you, you live as if a millionaire would live. You embody that person first. If you want to get to the league, like, or it's even, I used to have like a, strength and conditioning sports performance facility and like these middle schoolers like I want to go play basketball at Duke and then I want to go to the NBA and it's like pulling teeth to work out at 6 a.m. I'm like what the fuck you think you're going to do at Duke right like yeah. what are you like what are you going to do and they're like oh like well when I have to work out at 6 a.m. I'll start doing it I'm like dude that is not the way that's not the way the world works that's not how you attract things to you is is that's how you just create a wider and wider gap um Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious as well with um, how they present themselves. Kind of a hot topic for me and just conversations over the last couple of weeks has been um, like, I call it smart social media management, right? And I think it's probably, probably, well, I don't know. It's probably 50-50. But it, at, at first I was going to say, I wonder if it's tougher with male athletes versus female athletes um, and just don't post stupid shit. Like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it basically. <laughs> uh, and then it was, cause I read a crazy stat. Um, it was like 49% of hiring managers have not hired somebody strictly based off of social, social media. So it's like essentially mm -hmm. half of managers out there across the country are literally discounted candidates because of like, all they have to do is go on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. is that part of your conversations with them too? Like, don't be an idiot. It is, um, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's interesting now, like these kids will post one picture, have like this whole uh, consistent, you know, posting gallery um, to show who they really are. Yeah. You know, or they want to, or they'll cover their face or they'll be standing in front of a car. Um, you know, they'll post late night videos and, and they love jumping on, on live, you know, like there's a lot of things that don't need to be presented, you know, to the world. Um, Cause it, truthfully um, I don't think they're at the age quite yet to fully understand that they are the business. Yeah. And, um, once they finally get that, it may or may not be too. So I'm really trying to educate them on that. Um, even for myself, um, I'm not against your youth and I'm not against growing up and being who you want to be and finding yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I too have had, you know, a bunch of earrings, double earrings in my ear, um, you know, blonde hair, a mohawk. I, I mean, I've had all that stuff, a lot of facial hair, no facial hair, like, you know, so all a part of it of, of growing um but at the same time you know what you said what i thought was very important the core of just who you are should always show and shine uh, i think that's 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 where the value is um but I, I think trying to get that out there with these student athletes is what's really important because one of the things I, I said um in a nil meeting i had you know we keep talking about name image and likeness okay cool what about what a young person's passion is, what do they truly care about? Right. That's going to make them more money forever. Yeah. You know, right now you can pay me because I'm a USF quarterback. Cool. I walk around and talk about how great your plunger is and how effective it is on toilets. Awesome. You know, but what are you, what am I learning? You right. know, you know, what if I really care about, I want kids to be tutored because in my neighborhood, it's not a very popular thing. Da, 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 da. Okay, now pair me with a donor who has a tutoring service or who has an educational company in some capacity. And that way I get to learn that business, what my passion is, and I get to take college, NFL or not, and go apply it and continue to make money forever. So that's not my name. That's not my image. And that's not my likeness. This is the passion that I care about. And I think that's where a lot of these student athletes are hung up on, oh yeah, I get a couple of Chick-fil-A sandwiches and a gift card to McDonald's and this, no, that's so temporary. It's not even worth like what you're doing to yeah. get these, you know? Yeah. And I wonder too is like, I would wonder like the actual data, obviously like 
as we graduated college is I think it was a struggle back then too of, of like knowing who you are as a person post-college because nobody wants to in college nobody wants to take a step back and answer that question right it's like I'll I'll figure that out like what do you want to do when you grow up? I don't know I'll figure that out like later right and then you have yeah. this like oh shit moment of like your parents are like yeah dude like you're on your own now right and you're like oh dang like I actually have to figure this out and I wonder if that's more of a struggle now because it's always been a struggle right like I think even like as we were coming through but I'm I would be curious to see and maybe you I mean I'm curious of your opinion as well if it's more of an issue today because of all the social media because of all like shiny object syndrome right it's like well I'll just take any of these opportunities that I can but I'll never actually take a step back of of like it's like I tell people all the time. It's like, if you think you want to be a nurse, like go shadow somebody for two weeks, like for free, like literally just right. like, and if you don't know somebody, like I guarantee you probably know somebody in your Rolodex that knows somebody that can get you like your foot in the door. You think you want to be a vet, like go hang around a veterinary clinic yeah. for like two or three weeks and actually see if it is something that you want to do. And I think people just get this like first of like, yeah, yeah like I'm going to do that with a career. And I see it, people that go to like med school, people that become lawyers and spend all that time money and like years in their life and then they get out and they're just like they feel trapped because they're like well i spent all the money and time on now i just feel like i gotta now i have to do it i'm like telling so many people i'm like try things out now so i'm curious like do you see a difference more or less kind of the same of of like that hurdle and that struggle to get people to try things out you know, while they're in college, while they're in that 18 to 22 range? Yeah. I mean, you know, these student athletes here, I think they work really hard on the football field. Swimming and all that, you know, the, the mats, but I don't think that they apply that same stuff to their life, yeah. you know, and I think once practice is over, once the requirements of study hall is over, once the game is over, once you get back after a three o'clock, you know, in the morning flight, because you went, you know, and played across the country, you know, taking that time to invest in yourself. And yeah. I don't think that, I think our universities as a whole, you know, in the country can invest in our student athletes a little differently. Um, you know, like I said, the name, image, and likeness thing, yeah, we heard about throwing money at these athletes, but are we teaching them, you know, life skills? Um, you know, and then we deal with the microwavable world that we live in. People think everything happens. It's not what it is. I mean, right. myself personally, um, the jobs I can think of I've had, I've worked at the YMCA in college. Um, I also, uh, you know, uh, was a high school head coach. I, I um, you know, co I was an analyst for USF football. I'm raising money um, right now for athletics and over the Alumni Association. But my degree is in criminology. Oh, wow. No, so I had the idea of, okay, me and my mom growing up, we used to watch CSI, Law and Order. You know, Law Abiding Citizen is one of my favorite movies. Oh, hell yeah. You know, so I'm I'm taking interest into something and pursuing a degree in it, not really understanding or knowing I want to be a police officer. You know, that's not what I want to do, you know. So, you know, and, you know, I want to be the guy wearing a suit and FBI and, you know, undercover. And lo and behold, I get to, uh, you know, when I broke my ankle, I had the opportunity to kind of shadow and, and talk to some people in that world. And it was like, BJ, you would be a terrible undercover agent. <laughs> I was like, what? I said, I just went four years of college. Okay. Of trying to accumulate this degree. You're going to tell me this today. Yeah. 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 Um, they were like, well, yeah, because, you played football. You would you would ruin every mission that we ever would have. Yeah, jeopardize many lives because we Google. <laughs> no one ever told me that. Yeah. So I spent four years of college not to be a police officer, but to go be an FBI agent or, or whatnot. But I can't even accumulate that because of no one told me. Yeah. No yeah. One, no one educated me. You know. So. And I think that's. Uh two pieces I want to touch on. I think that's a huge gap in today's, especially like definitely college athletics world. I think just in society in general is 
like very few, I won't say nobody, but like very few people like want to be brutally honest, like with kids or just people in general. And it's funny is like, just got back from uh, being around a team. And I was like, I was like, like, how, like, how was this weekend? Or like, did you guys resonate with like what we were talking about? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, why? And they're like, you have the ability to be brutally honest with us, but not like make us feel like bad human beings. Right. And Yeah. I think that that's the balance of people have is like, again, people think in absolutes of like, well, if I'm honest to you, what I mean, I'm like, no, like you're actually doing them a, a, a service to, to tell Absolutely. them how it is. And so I think a lot of people, a lot of coaches too, just in general are scared to look at them and just, you know, give them the reality of the, of the situation of like the probability of that is almost zero, or you're going to, you're not going to be a good police officer and here's X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, like now I can take a step back and like actually decide maybe like, what is it that I actually want to do? Um, Right. But yeah, the other side of that too is, or the other thing I wanted to like touch on as well is it's interesting because I think like the most cliche thing in sports world is like most coaches are like, we want to build better young men and women, right? Like that's like the motto of, of like, but Yeah. then it is, it's like, it's like, okay, but what, But they're worried where, about their job too. yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like, where are you investing in that? And I don't mean because like, I mean, I'm pretty sure like, like almost every university has like sports, like great. Like you have all these tools and resources. Yes. But like you as a coach, didn't necessarily do anything per se to like, okay, do you guys need anything else? Okay. What is it that you need? Can we bring anybody else in? Is there a different resource that you have? It's like getting the feedback of, of like, okay. Oh yeah. We don't have that here. Or maybe you do. And they just don't know. Right. Like maybe they're like, I don't know how to eat. And it's like, well, we have a dietitian. They're like, really? I didn't even know. Like I knew we had like a cafeteria, but I didn't know we could talk to a dietitian about things. Right. And so it's like, I think educating them and making sure that they have the resources they need so that you can build the identity. Cause to me, it's like, if you fix the person, you fix the athlete, right? Like if they look in the mirror and see more value in themselves, well, shit, they're going to go out on the field and perform better naturally. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So All yeah, right. like, I, I think that that's, meeting them where they're at and asking them like what they actually need without like spoil spoiling them fucking rotten. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, man, what I really have a lot of respect for Inky Johnson. And I think, you know, when he goes and speaks, He he's allowed to do that. God has given him that platform because of what he's been through. And every student athlete that looks at him can be like, man, that could be me. You know, um, you know, that's that's what the other side of this could look like. And I think so far for him and for him, you know, as well, because he's sharing his story. And I've learned that with being brutally honest and being just real, it, it allows you to be better on the Yeah. back end. you know, um, to grow from it or to tweak things or change things. And, you know, I'm sure the very first time he went and spoke about his situation and his story, it's nowhere near the power that it holds now, Right. Yeah. you know, so I'm sure he's grown and gotten better and better and more dynamic and speaking to more and more and bigger crowds and having a bigger impact. And, um, you know, I think that's important um, also because I've also been around coaches who, Inky Johnson's relatable, but then when you a coach brings in one of their favorite speakers, that probably is not the guy these kids want to hear. That's Yeah. probably not who these kids are going to relate to. Um, and at the same time, we enjoy those experiences about certain people because we can, like you said, meet them where they're at on their level. So if I'm a 40 or 50, 60-year-old coach, I'm going to bring my favorite speaker because he's rel
a core uh, as a high level quarterback, you're looking at me like, I really don't give a shit, right? Like that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't resonate with me at all. Right. Or if I go in and I'm like, man, I was a college athlete too. And they're like, bro, that was 15 years ago. Like yeah, walk yeah. a day in my shoes. Right. Like they don't I mean, care. I'm, I'm 34 and these kids like barely even know anything about my college career here. You know, and I'm like, I'm only like 10 years older than you. You guys got like seven years of college because of COVID and medical years. And like, yeah. what? Like, come on. So, you know, when I hear coaches talk about, you know, their two-time All-American that they used to coach, like, dude, I don't even know those people's names. Like, yeah. not relevant. Is it is it Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? Which one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. And I think. Yeah. Again, it kind of goes back to like, like meeting them where they're at too. And so it's like, like with you said, and I think that's exactly the perfect example, like is your book. And so it's essentially like, when I go in, it's like, I tell the backstory. I'm like, this is why I sucked. And this is why I was miserable. And this is why I was lost. And this is why I was confused. And this is why I was depressed yes. in college. And they're like, oh, you were depressed too. Cause like, that was me last week. Right. And they're like, Absolutely. now it becomes a conversation versus like, I'm going to help you win gold medals. They're like, I just want, I don't want to be stressed. Like, that's really what I want. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Two questions left. Um, one, what do you feel like today? If you had to answer, um, like what's your major calling today in the spot that um, you're in now? Man, this, you know, I think I, I had a dream of making it to the NFL, which is awesome. Uh -huh. I think being from a growing up in a dorm room, you could say that uh, that probably was, it's not going to happen, you know, uh, but it did. So right now I'm just trying to make sure I'm not scared or terrified of my next goal. Uh, you know, so I've already accomplished something that a lot of people haven't, but I also want to affect change in the world. I don't want to yeah. just help my community of Tallahassee. I don't want to just help Tampa. Um, I want I want to be on a platform where not only can I speak to what I've experienced and gone through, but I can actually help people. Yeah. Um, so I don't want it to be a, about me at all. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, I was listening to, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and a lot of, a lot of people that you know, teachers and things like that, but I got a message yesterday. And when I say a message, I got a word is it's student athlete, but people don't realize that they feed me too. Yeah, 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 totally. So, you know, so this defense alignment walks in my office and I'm busy doing work, looking at the computer and I, I'm barely even looking up because I don't want to talk to them right now. I'm just not in the mood. You know, as much as I say my door is always open, I wasn't in the mood. Yeah. And uh, he walked in and uh, he said something that was, you know, we were just talking, you know, and he said something that was really powerful. Um, and uh, it's something that I kind of have always moved, but I don't think that I'm speaking it into flourishing as much as I am now. And uh, he said, he wrote this down on a blue sticky note. So that's a blue sticky note right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it says, change what I have done to what God had planned or allowed me to do. Mm. So change what I have done to what God has planned or allowed me to do. So I was always, you know, I was growing into this sense of, I did this, I did that, I did, you know, well, here's the deal. Um, and that this goes for relationships that fail. You know what? You you think about what well, I did this and I did that. And, and I can't, because I was, you know, and then even in sports, um, even in business, you know, if you really go down to the root of it, it wasn't yours anyway. Mm -hmm. There are things that you experienced and had to go through to even get to where you are. So if we want to talk about relationships, I can't provide... I can't tell you I'm providing for this woman. Well, where did I get it from? <laughs> where did it start? Right. You know, I can't tell you that, you know, you know, man, my university doesn't love or respect me as much as, as I want them to. Okay. Well, what did you pour in and where did that come from? How did you even get to college? Right. You know, I can't sit up here as a 34 year old man and say, I want all these accolades. I want all, I want all this. I want the corner office. I want the biggest salad. Well, timeout. When you were in high school and nobody wanted you, South Florida took a chance on you. That's how you even got here. Yeah. Okay. Then you were also protected and you survived some things and went through some things and had some success. Okay. And I kept you from messing up yourself. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Okay, so now you're back. Be appreciative of the moment. I understand where that's coming from. It's not ever about you, ever. It's always about the plan that's put placed on your heart. Um, it's your job, our job, to use that and put in flourishing. So serving people, helping people, to answer your question, um, is exactly the world I want to live in. And um, the coolest part about being in that world is like the student athlete that sat on the other side of this computer. He gave me some, you know, so I thought it was, I thought that was pretty cool. How, uh, I guess my follow-up to that too is, I'm curious is, I guess like faith, God's plan, um, you know, him guiding you and steering you and writing certain things on your heart and mind. Like how has that always been like a, a central, like a guiding factor, uh, a North star for you, so to speak. Um, or is that more of like something you found later in life? Um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious of like how long that's been, I guess the center for you is probably a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in the church. Um, my mom is a deaconess. My dad's a deacon. Um, I, I literally, was a kid that went to church every weekend. Um, you know, I do think I have a calling on my life. I think that things have not worked out for me in certain areas uh, because I've always, I've deviated from the plan. Yeah. Uh, I tell kids all the time, I think about, I want you to think about a, the tallest building, the most beautiful skyscraper in the middle of downtown New York. You know, New York, one of the biggest cities in, in, in the world. And you have all these floors. And for me, I've gotten to so many different levels of this skyscraper, the first floor, third floor, fifth floor, the hundredth floor. And I think that every time I'm on this next floor that I'm successful. Yeah. And when I get beside myself, I don't treat people right. I get a little arrogant, self-centered. Um, God has a way of knocking me back down to the first floor. Now, sometimes, you know, I'll be on the hundredth floor and I'll go down to 99. All right, all right. But in 98, go back up to 100. But there have been integral moments in my life where I've been in the basement. Yeah. And I say that metaphorically and realistically. Like I said, the basement of a high school washing uniforms as roaches crawl across the floor after I met Obama. It wasn't like I climbed this ladder and it was washing uniforms and then I met Obama. It was Obama this. Yeah. You know, so like in order for me to my platform to continue to grow to where I thought it was or whatever God's plan is to even go to a higher floor, serving people and using my experiences is that platform. Yeah. And no matter, you know, you asked me to, to, to be on this and opportunity, but I can't tell people, no, I don't know who can hear this. I don't know yeah. where people are going to hear this. But I have to be able to operate in this realm and not be too big, arrogant, cocky, or conceited in any way about anything that I've ever done, um, anyone that I'm ever, I've ever met or been affiliated with, because it's just a part of the plan. That's not the goal. It's it's a part of what where I'm going. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Totally. Actually, I got chills from because I think one of the things that like I super resonate with too is like when you're talking about like. You just never know what like certain doors or opportunities can open up to. And I think that, again, it's like one of the things I at least I like to like pride myself on as well. It's like no matter what school, what university, what team, what what group of like athletes that is, is like yeah. I think some people get caught up of like only wanting to be around like the big names, the superstars. Yeah. And it's like like I always say it's like. I will do anything for every, like, if you want to grow, like I will do anything for you. Like I will have your back. Like I do not look at like who ranks first versus last, like on the team that is completely irrelevant to me. If you're ready yeah. to grow, then knock on my door. Right. Like, let's do this. Like I, I will again, shirt off my back. Ha ha. Um, uh, like moving forward. So yeah, I totally like resonate with that because I think a lot of people just in general, not like necessarily like in my world, but it's like, it's a status thing, right? Like they only want to be around those. They only want to get on those podcasts that it's like, dude, unless you get 10 million downloads, like I'm not on it. Right. Like, unless you're Joe Rogan, like I'm not getting on it type thing. Um, so yeah, I totally, totally resonate with that. Uh, okay. Is that actually... you're dealing with the kids you're dealing with. They're going to remember you for the rest of their life. 
Do you I think so? That. I don't know. Do you Absolutely. think so? So that's, man, I'm glad you brought this up because actually we could go back and forth on this maybe for a second is I've always, I've always, maybe you'll change my perspective is I've always thought of it as they think of it and it doesn't hurt my feelings, but I always think of it as like, they view it as a very transactional relationship. I eat like, I got what I want, like, thank you. And then like move along. And so it's like, I don't know, like, I guess. I don't know. I'll give you a perfect example. You ready? I'll quit. Okay. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is your favorite coach? Uh, probably Coach Knutson. Probably the one that had the most right. impact on me um, because he cared the most. He used to literally, yeah. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in eighth grade, I was wrestling for yeah. the varsity team, and he used to come to my house at five o'clock in the morning and pick me up to go take me to a workout. There we yeah, that's wild. Mm. That's your question. <laughs> And we still talk oh. to this day. That's it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's, why. he's actually actually now that I think about it, it's probably the only coach I talk to to this day. Yeah, it wasn't transactional. Interesting. Hmm. Mm, I'm on my own podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's truly how I feel too. I mean, the coach I love the most is one that was probably the hardest on me and cared about me the most. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't the amount of success we had together. It wasn't the level that school, high school, college, whatever. It was it was that coach that I felt like cared about me in a way where he he would make me grow. Yeah. Um there's a lot of coaches that cared, but there are one there's there's a few, you know, here and there that stick out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I love that. Oh I may you made my day. All right. I love it. I love it. Um all right that's a good segue last question. So we'll wrap things up. My 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 ending question for everybody is if you're in a stadium of a hundred thousand people and you can only leave them with one message, what would it be? Very cliche, but uh, keep fighting. Okay. Keep fighting and know who you're fighting. That's what I would say. Ooh. Ooh. And I say that because, you know, I, uh, Everyone has their own traumas and things that they're going through and experiencing. You wake up, you wake up in the morning expecting to have a good day, and then something gets thrown on your plate. Right. Okay. So, number one, know who you're fighting. All right. So, what I mean by that is, there are things that are going to be sent your way, or people to make you deviate from what God's plan is, from what your goals are, and you. Am I fighting this person or am I fighting the devil or the demon that's within that? Yeah. Okay. To keep me from what it is that I'm called or I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, you're helping those young, those those young men, and there will be a coach or an employee, employer, or someone that is a possibly intimidated by you and the fact that these kids resonate with you. Um, there will be somebody there that, you know, will throw throw a monkey wrench in some somewhere about paperwork or something like this. But those are things that's that are being sent to you to deviate you from your plan. And if you recognize and it's the spirit within them that I'm fighting. So if I'm fighting, if I don't have to fight the person, I'm, I'm not worried about you. Yeah. But if it's the spirit that I recognize, I'm not going to let you win. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to respond to you because I'm not fighting you. I know who I'm fighting. It's the devil trying to deviate me from what it is I'm called to do. You are called to help those young men. At the end of the day, whatever comes your way, I'm not going to fight that. Yeah. I'm good. Have a good one. I'll see you later. You know, you can, you can. And then in fighting is this. Um, I heard, I heard, you know, this preacher say this as well. Like, um, one, it's easy to say never give up. Yeah. Okay. But when we talk about keep fighting, you know, I'm right-handed and I got a big right hand with a big fist and I will swing this hate maker as hard and as fast as I can if I'm fighting. But I've also learned when I'm need to continue to fight is how to fight. Okay. So I don't always have to be on the offensive. I can also, also duck or slip some things or back up or get out of the way. Um, or protect myself, that's also a part of fighting. 
Mm. Um, and I think that's really important for people today. One, know who you're fighting and knowing, knowing how to fight, you know. Um, so keep fighting. That, those are the things I definitely would say. I love that. I actually love it. I've had, I've never thought about it from that angle because I think most people, when they think fight, they think just aggressive attack, go, yeah. versus mm -hmm. there is an element of defense, so to speak. Um, it's the thing that's changed my life in so many different ways. What happens when you throw that haymaker and you, and you hit the person that can handle it? Yeah. You hit the person that can take a punch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you just threw your best punch. Yeah. Okay. Now here, now here they come on the return. Yeah. You know, is that going to knock you off the trail and what you're supposed to be doing? You know, or are you going to learn, okay, well, all right, I threw my haymaker. And that's the thing about being like a one punch, a one hit wonder. I mean, mm -hmm. if that's all you got. You're not going to win many fights. You yeah. Know? You know, so, you know, you got to be able, like I told you with the coach that, uh, I want, you know, ask me questions every meeting, every day. You know, I'm a rookie in the NFL. It's not a whole bunch of information I even know to begin with. You know, there's other guys in the room. I'm, I'm like, ask them questions. They're, they've been here for four or five years. Right. You know, but my haymaker could have, you know, my haymaker could have been frustration. My haymaker could have been, you know, I don't, I don't do what I'm supposed to do. So I hit him up with a changeup. Okay. Instead of anger and frustration, what he's probably used to because he's been a coach for 20 years. Okay. I'm going to beat him at his own game. I'm going to duck this, this, and I'm like, Hey, well, the answer to this is the defensive end is going to go up the field and we got to make sure we protect the quarterback. Now I just hit you with a jab, Yeah, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love that analogy. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I love it. I love it. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you jumping on. Um, this has been awesome. And uh, yeah, my, my whole goal here is, is I just always think like stories are what move people. And I feel like the more stories that like I can get out there is you never know, kind of like what we talked about before is like who resonates with what story. And that's kind of like the purpose and the power of the podcast. So yeah, man, Absolutely. I appreciate you. Yeah. Being vulnerable and jumping on and sharing, sharing the knowledge, the wisdoms and the stories. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Until next time, everybody. Peace.